0: We are not affiliated with, nor do we represent Alcoholics Anonymous. We are simply here sharing our experiences, strength, and hope, so that hopefully we can help someone through another day. Well, hello, everybody. Here we are, back again, for another episode of Telling, Telling on Ourselves. Telling Telling on ourselves, (laughs) telling, (laughs) telling, telling ourselves, telling ourselves,
1: telling on ourselves,
0: telling, 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 telling on ourselves.
1: I like what you were trying to do there, Vic. Like, I really, really do. I just wasn't expecting it. No. But it was great. For a and meanwhile,
0: I couldn't look at either one of them, or I would have gotten <laughs> lost. I'm, like, staring at a, a blank space on the wall, like, don't look, don't look, don't look.
1: Vic, you're bringing the creativity into it. Yes, yeah,
0: I always
2: have to change it up.
0: Oh, yeah. Which I like. Do you know what I just heard the other day? I was listening to the Murderinos, um, My Favorite Murder. Every week they record Elvis's meow. It's a different one every week. And now that they are not at home, um, they have their their producer will like text um Georgia. Georgia and say, Hey, I need an Elvis voice, and then she goes and pokes him <laughs> and tell him
2: out. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah, that's
0: cool. So we're kinda like the the Murderino. I wish. I yeah, you
1: poke They're us so- and we <laughs> just sing it a different way. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. We're like we're
2: like um what's his name? Elvis. Yeah. Oh, the, the cat. cat. I'm like, yeah.
1: what do we have to do with Elvis Presley? <laughs> we just <laughs> said Elvis. <laughs> and I'm Bree. And I'm Vicki. And I'm Lynn. And, and so we are telling on We ourselves. are telling on ourselves. And we have week three of... The
0: four agreements. The four agreements. Yeah, it's an exciting one. But before we do that, oh, what is this week's? Um, it is don't make assumptions. Correct.
1: Yeah, don't yeah. make assumptions. But
0: of course, before we start that, we always like to start with our first thought wrong. Dun, dun,
1: dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun.
0: And Brie won
1: the toss. Well, and it was a hard win, right? Because mm. nobody else really had one. So I guess everyone else is just out there living their best lives. We deferred. <laughs> or just can't recall. <laughs> and mine is a follow-up from what mine was a week ago, if you tuned in last week, I was all in my head about giving this 45-minute lead the day before Halloween, um, and I didn't want to do it, and I was super nervous, and I thought it was a crazy expectation to expect someone who's not a trained performer, <laughs> like a, circuit, a professional circuit speaker, to speak for 45 minutes, um, but I did it. I did it, and It's so funny because when I go up to speak, I think somehow like that alcoholic part of my mind that needs to perform like goes on. And even though I'm scared shitless, somehow I just like get up there and I look kind of natural, like probably not supernatural, but not super terrified. You look like a ghost. It's a supernatural. (laughs) Um, It reminds me of this song that I like. Uh, Supernatural delight. We'll be dancing in them. Okay. Anyways, so I got up there, did the lead. And, of course, my first thought wrong afterwards was, oh, my gosh, I was terrible. I didn't stay on message. I talked too much about what it was like, not about what happened and what it's like now. And then I did the awkward end, too, where you kind of get to a spot, and then you just don't have anything else to say. So you're like, and I think I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was super um, hard on myself And I was trying not to, you know, people were coming up to me as they were leaving saying, thank you so much. What an inspirational story. Thank you for doing this. Um, You know, I got so much out of it. And people were telling me really nice things as they were leaving. And every time they would say something nice to me, my message in my head was they're lying. They have to say that. I would say that to someone, too, even if they sucked, you know. And so then everyone left except for Margaret and she said, you did a good job. I'm really proud of you. Thank you so much. And I said, no, I didn't. And I verbally to her, I minimized what I did and she called me on it. She said, don't do that. Never apologize when, after you give a lead, it diminishes, you know, your confidence to other people.
3: Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, and, I mean, it just, it looks bad and I don't know the words for it, but if somebody, you know, if I think somebody for their lead and they diminished it too, I would kind of be like, Ooh, what kind of program are you, you know, like I just, I would not judge them negatively, but I'd feel a little sorry for themselves that they don't believe in themselves kind of, you know, so I kind of understood what she was saying, but um, yeah, there's just so much fear for me in public speaking, so much fear there. Um, And I just kept thinking about this one lead that Donna Kay gave at um, one of the meetings we went to about the sixth, it was either the sixth or the seventh step, and it was, one of the points she had made is that Our higher power doesn't take our fear away, but that's what a lot of people pray for because, you know, in in seven, we humbly ask God to remove our character defects. So we ask God to remove the fear, but God's not going to remove the fear, but rather walk us through it. Like fear Mm -hmm. is something we need in our life, like healthy fears and stuff. So the fear doesn't go away, but we're able to like walk through it. And I thought that was, I just kept thinking about that before I got up there is fear's not going to go away. Like, it's, it's not. The only way the fear goes away is if I usually try to numb it with substances, right? And mm-hmm. I can't do that now. So now I just have to be with the fear and know it's going to be okay and it's not going to kill me. So that's, that's where I was. And I went up there. Dave said I was funny. I made a couple jokes. Um, not self-deprecating jokes, surprisingly. Okay. So that just like little antidotes here and there that I guess got people laughing. Um, and yeah, so... It overall, went well, but first thought wrong, of course, naturally it was, Oh my god, I sucked. These people are all fake clapping for me.
3: Congratulations!
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, you, you do an amazing job, and I think that exact same thing too. I think people, <laughs> we all do. I think people are like it's just saying it to
1: say it that they that you did a good job, but I don't think that's the case. I don't, yeah, I don't think so either because. I always admire anyone who go- goes up and gives a lead, mm-hmm. whether, you know, it w- it's short or long or, you know, it's it's just their story. And I really, I haven't really once seen someone give a lead and, and actually thought like, sure. oh, wow, I'm really embarrassed for them. They did a terrible job. But I yeah, haven't. And I've seen a lot of speakers in the last four and a half but years. But when
0: you put it in first person, you're making yourself vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um For all the things, all the reasons that we feel vulnerable. But when you were talking, one interesting thing I thought about was she was saying, you know, don't ever apologize for that. And you want to feel good about the job that you did, but it's a fine line between ego. You know, it's like that I do everything great, my shit doesn't stink kind of thing. And being humble enough and gracious enough to take the compliments, knowing even though it's well-deserved... It's not expected. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like it's, it's, it is a fine line to be gracious about accepting praise. And I think that's true in life. I mean, I think everybody has uh, feels uncomfortable with praise because we're just, we're conditioned, unfortunately, to hear, you know, to prepare ourselves for the things that we need to do better. But we don't get a lot of training on how to accept the things, accept compliments when we do something well.
1: Right. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. So... But it was a good experience, and that's one of the things that made it a good experience was learning all of that, yeah. you know, and being able to stand there and, yes, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Exactly.
0: I I, I have such pleasure. a hard time with that. Yeah. Right. And for me in my life with cooking, everybody's like, you know, it's so good. And I just want to say, but, yeah, this is the thing I'm trained in, so... And I don't no ego, but of course I'm good at it because I've been doing it for a really long time and I'm trained. But when it's out of someone's, it's not in someone's wheelhouse, it is a big deal when somebody does it well. And that's what I try to always remind myself. It is special. And we all have our special talents that other people are going to admire and you can appreciate it and be grateful for it. Just, you know, don't blow it out of proportion. Well, but
2: also don't minimize when you do something good that you're trained to do well, dork. I know. I mean, come on. (laughs) But No. I know. About it. Again,
0: see, I'm uncomfortable about yeah. it. But,
1: yeah, that's You're a good
2: an amazing example. Chef, you are an amazing chef, and you just you work hard to be good. And one thing about it is, we just all
1: need to practice saying thank you. We do. Yeah, and instead of saying "Oh, thank you," but you know, nothing. this is my this is what I do for a living. I'm trained in it. You say thank you, and I made it with love. You know, and when people and then,
0: ask me ingredients, I always say love is the best. Is the most special ingredient. And it's funny because I always say that I make it with love. Like, how is this so good? I said, because I make it with love. That's true.
1: So we got to love ourselves. We too. do. You
0: gotta love yourself.
1: And we can't make assumptions that we are awful. Right. <laughs> and that other people are thinking that yes. we're awful all the time.
0: Thank you for that fabulous segue, Brie. <laughs> slid right in there. <laughs> she did. She slipped right in. So agreement number three. If you would like to read it. It is
2: Don't Make Assumptions. What it says is, find the courage to ask questions and express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and drama. With just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life.
0: I reread it last night, um, was kind of highlighting some things. And, of course, it's wherever you are in your life at that particular time, that's things that you notice that are really powerful. And he kept talking about the poison of those words and assumptions and the lack of communication is poison. You know, he also uses the white magic and black magic. And I love that he uses those really strong words because it it does impact. It really makes you stop and think and pay attention because it's poison. So I have the definition for assumption because – you know, we all think we know, and then you read, it, read a definition, you're like, huh, hadn't thought of it that way. So if you make an assumption that something is true or will happen, you accept that it's true or will happen, often without any real proof. And the other part of that is I, a thing that is accepted as true or is certain to happen without proof. So the, the common denominator there is without proof we accept something or we agree to something or we see that as a true story without proof.
2: Those definitions just mixed me up a little bit. Why? I don't know. I'm just going to listen to what you girls have to say for a minute. Okay. Because it took me in my head. Okay.
0: Um, Yeah. If you make an if you make an assumption that something is true, and or that it will happen, you accept that without proof.
2: But so here's my issue: is faith. You're accepting it without proof. So uh, now I'm in a conundrum in my brain. So. So let's let's us, let's us chat about it.
0: Yes. Well, um, one of the things that I underlined and this might help us get the raw bowling the raw
2: bowling. <laughs> I did not say the meeting. Talked about The raw Bowling. We're the gonna ball. bowl with the Roll,
0: brothers. That doesn't sound dirty at all. <laughs> Um, Personal importance or taking things personally is the maximum expression of selfishness because we make the assumption that everything is about me. I like that example of assumptions that we take everything in in our story what we have going on in our heads and then project all that out because this is how it affects me so we assume that it affects everybody that same way.
1: Well right absolutely and it's the lens through which we see the world and I couldn't help but think when I was reading this kind of what you were saying Lynn is this is why I drank like this I I literally assumed everything about what other people were thinking about me and took it personally so I had assumptions that they were thinking something that I had no proof of and then took it personally when they hadn't even done anything to me yet when there was actually no proof of anything that they were thinking and so Mm -hmm. it was like okay so I'm, I'm just gonna drink to quiet the mind quiet my mind from overanalyzing the situation and in in this chapter it says we also make assumptions about ourselves and this creates a lot of inner conflict so not only does it create conflict with others it's creating all of this inner turmoil all of those bedevilments that they talk about in the big book you know self-pity fear problem with uh, uh feelings of uselessness um and the sentence says uh You overestimate or underestimate yourself because you haven't taken the time to ask yourself questions and to answer them. Or maybe you need to stop lying to yourself about what you truly want. And that just really hit home for me because I used to underestimate myself all the time. I made an assumption that everyone else could do things that I couldn't do. And I was really hard on myself about that and felt really... um, uh, Incompetent, that I really couldn't get ahead in life. I couldn't seem to get out of the rut that I was in, which was caused by my drinking and drug use. I was kind of stuck in a place. And so my assumptions about myself was always, I'm not good enough. I can't do all these wonderful things that I see all these other people on Facebook doing with their, you know, right. all of these people from my past are all doing these great things and I'm not. And then part of it was that I was lying to myself about what I actually truly wanted. I kept thinking that my happiness would look should look like their happiness too. I assumed that, that was only, there was only, like, one happiness in the world, and it was, like, achieving like, career success. Right, and one so, formula. And that was my assumption, is that to be successful and happy, like, you have to have, you know, the, the good job and the family, and that created all this inner conflict for me, too. So it was, mm-hmm. like, this big, vicious cycle of me making assumptions about others and making assumptions about myself, and then, like me just talking about it now makes me feel overwhelmed, and now I understood why I needed to get high every day to to numb out the paranoia and the constant chitter chatter in my brain.
2: Well, we're on this time frame, like it, well time is a lie too, right yeah. and and we we feel like we're on this timetable that we have to do this after we do that, and there's all these steps in life that we're supposed to do, but you've said it perfectly. You didn't do what you wanted to do. And I think for me, I can so relate to that because I was so wrapped up in everybody else's story that I didn't even take time to ask myself questions about what I did want to do or what I didn't want to do. And it's really, really easy to get caught up in that, that mess. And the media, our family, no one does it with bad intentions, but it's kind of...
1: Carved out for us
0: to be like that, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's interesting. I think he even used the phrase one time when and during our domestication,
1: mm-hmm.
0: those those agreements are made. And a lot of times, you you only have one story that you understand—that's your story. So when you're trying to relate to other human beings or to other, you know, any living thing, you only have your story to go on. So why, you know, it's kind of—I love the saying: "How can you miss something if you've never had it?" It's it's kind of that in reverse. It's like, how can you know something if you've never known it?
2: Well, and it reminds me a long time ago, you said something about, I thought I was an empath, but really I was...
0: <laughs> Codependent. Yeah, and, and it reminds me of
2: that because... We think, like, I thought for so many years I was so good at figuring other people out and um, so good at knowing what their needs were before they knew what their needs were. And I was so busy doing that that I wasn't paying attention to my needs. So I wasn't allowing other people to really be in my life. They were talking, he was talking about perfection. And I think we all get stuck in this perfection, like, I have to. Uh, get married at this age, and I have to get the best score on my tests, and I have to go to the best college, or I have to do this and this, right? All the shoulds. And what he said here is the truth is that everything in creation is imperfect, is perfect, (laughs) including humans. Only perfection exists, and that awareness is another important step in our evolution. We need to believe that we're perfect. If we believe ourselves to be imperfect, that lie gathers more lies for support. And together, all those lies represent the truth and guide the dream that we're creating for ourselves. Lies are nothing but superstitions. And I can assure you that we live in a world of superstition. But again, are we aware of it? So basically, we're, we're living on lies.
0: What was it like like what Bree did to herself the other evening with her uh, speech? You you made yourself believe that you were an inadequate presenter,
3: mm-hmm.
0: which is absolutely not true, but that became your truth.
2: Right. Hmm. I mean, and it's it's all these words that we tell ourselves all the time, and and it's this thing about um, I love that because I, you, we're always worried about having the perfect speech or being the perfect mom or cooking the perfect meal or doing the perfect but. What he's saying here is you don't have to do anything to be perfect. You already are. Just by being, you're perfect. Because we don't look at trees and say, Oh, that tree is doing a really bad job standing up. <laughs> Gosh, those those are some crooked branches. We don't judge nature. Mm-hmm. we are part of nature. Why are we judging ourselves like that? It's right. so it's so weird how we do this to ourselves. Well, it's ego. Hey guys, it's Vicki, and this episode is brought to you by my new company, Awkward and Awesome Coaching. We are doing an amazing giveaway. The giveaway is the book the four agreements two people win you have a chance to sign up for our email list and win a copy of this amazing book that we're talking about check it out it'll be on telling on ourselves instagram and facebook account and i'm at awkward and awesome.org
0: um we're gonna have a, um, our wonderful host of the sound room uh do a little chime in gotta come over here She's going to lean in, excuse us, while we get shuffled.
3: Hi, this is Chelsea. Um, This is such a great topic. Um, I've been spending the week thinking about cognitive distortions, and a lot of this is like the mind reading, fortune telling. And I think a lot of it, you know, stems from childhood and building these things in our mind um, as coping mechanisms. And and now we're older, and now we're adults, and we need a paradigm shift. We need to, um, you know, kind of put our thoughts on trial. And you know, does it meet the does it meet the test? You know, um, to really think it through critically. Or Are we just accepting this um, because it was true maybe 20 years ago? Um, what about now? You know, circumstances have changed. You know, we know the Earth is not flat. You know, we you know, <laughs> is how how belief systems evolve. And I think it's just finding that way, um, having those tools to be able to diagnose your thoughts and the automatic feelings you have about them. Um, and so that's, I think that's, um, this is a great topic. It's. It fits in with so many things um, related to, you know, the big book and just the ways of thinking that lead to some of, um, you know, the behaviors. But um, this is a great, I love this one, assumptions.
1: Well, then Chelsea, Thank before you. you run away, what are some of the tools that we have now that allow us to be able to put our beliefs on trial? Because I like how you said that, mm-hmm. you know, now we Now we have these tools and I mean, one of the tools, I guess, is the book, just reading a book like this, but like what other tools do you have now that allow you to,
3: um, there's a, you know, there's certain worksheets more like cognitive behavioral, um, tool with worksheets that'll, you know, take your, take your thought and have you kind of break it down? You know, um, why do I, why do I believe this? How has it worked for me? When does it work against me? Could I have a, a belief system that's more flexible? that could maybe allow for, you know, a new phase in my life or, you know, a changing situation. So, um, yeah, we can, you know, that there's a lot of really cool resources out there, but, um, it's, it's really just Google it. Um, there, uh, there's a website, you know, I don't know if I should, um, there's a, there's a website called psychology tools that I've been kind of digging into and we can post that in our show. Yeah. I think we should. Yeah. That's I think it could be really helpful just, uh, to share some of that, but um, you know, there's so much here. It's just, it's a straightforward, um, you know, premise, but all the things that go into it, our whole creation of our own reality, is tied in with with these beliefs, like almost like traditions, like mm-hmm. holidays, you know, things that there's so much wrapped up in it. It's family, it's memories, it's you know, your life experience, you, the story you tell yourself every day about yourself, but you can rewrite it. You know, you you are the narrator in your story. So anyway, that's all I... And you take your negative thought. Thank you so much, Chelsea.
2: And you take that negative thought and you have to replace it with something because it's not true. It's a lie. So what is the truth? What Mm -hmm. is the truth is you're actually a very good speaker. That's the truth. I've heard you speak. And I remember when you gave your 12-step lead. Holy cow. I was like, she just put it in a nutshell so well.
1: Mm -hmm. Why is that funny? Well, because I did the same thing after that lead that I did this time around. I was like, oh, my gosh, what just came out of my mouth. That was way too, you know, I was like, oh, I was way too hard on people about needing the sponsor. I didn't even touch on this. You know, I had a, a list of things I did wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I have to, man, I just have to. Be kind to yourself. Yeah.
2: Pretend like but you're that's your best new, friend. That's a new belief system, though.
1: Right. It is that a is. new belief
0: system. Um, and I just read this and the thing. We have the need to justify everything, to explain and understand everything in order to feel safe. We have millions of questions that need answers because there's so many things that the reasoning mind cannot explain. It's not important if the answer is correct. We just need an answer. That's why we make assumptions. Bum, bum, bum. That well was think
2: big. about it. When you when I'm sure everybody can relate to having a breakup and not knowing why. Mm-hmm oh my goodness, and then you just keep asking, why did they do this? Why did they do this? And I'll tell you what, I was in that situation, and I got the why, and it didn't make me feel any better. So sometimes that, like, perseverating about what the answer is isn't the answer. Sometimes I think it's like you have to just heal yourself, right? You have Mm -hmm. to love yourself. I mean, that is the message that I've been hearing throughout this whole book and just you have to love yourself you can't expect it from other people and nothing against what happened when we were growing up what happened when we were growing up is what happened we took it and we thought of it a certain way right and now we have to unwind that and and really just learn how to accept our good our bad mm-hmm. instead of living this should happen or that should happen or this could happen or that could happen. There are so many yeah. wicked ways we twist our head.
0: There are um, two things I thought of when you were talking just now. Um, it's a, one of my favorite memes. When something happens that you don't like or is bad. Well, I, I hate to use the word something bad happens because that can mean so many things. But instead of saying this isn't fair, say instead, what is this trying to teach me? which is, what it is exactly what Vicky was just saying. It's like even because, you know, we're all about getting closure on a relationship. It's like if I just had closure, then I can move on. It, and it, that's, not the, that's not the secret ingredient that helps you move on. What helps you move on is taking care of yourself, letting it go, examining if you need to what part you played in that, and then let it go. That's closure. <sighs>
2: and it's so difficult. Oh. And and I didn't learn that until I came into these rooms. Yeah. I really didn't. And and the first time you told me that I had to figure out my part in things, mm-hmm. the first time I heard that at the tables, I was like screw you. Yeah. I've been being treated like this for my whole life. What are you talking about? People are jerks. I'm a victim. This media makes me feel like I'm ugly. Like I would blame everything mm-hmm. on everyone else. And I never, ever, ever stopped to think that I was, I was agreeing to all of those behaviors. Yeah.
0: And another thing that I like to say is that not everybody's going to get me. Those aren't my people. We don't, we don't have to, you know, have a great relationship with every human that we pass by. It's okay, but you can still be kind and loving, even if, even if you know, there's nothing that's going to go beyond just a, a brief contact. You can still behave in a kind and loving way and know that those just aren't your people. And and I know for a fact with me, I am very straightforward and direct, and that's a lot for a lot of people to take. They can't handle it. And I used to try to please, so I would try to change myself, and it, what would happen was I would always end up having terrible resu- results because the real me would say, but that's not, that's not authentic. That's not you.
1: Yeah, resentments. Yeah. I can speak to that. I can mm-hmm. totally relate. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because you're because you're trying to muffle your inner voice. Right. And that voice has to I mean it not that it, it has to speak, but it it's it's like an honor to let your inner voice speak.
2: I agree. Ooh. That was a good one. And the so the part in here that I completely related to is where he's talking about we start imagining what other people are doing, what they're thinking, what they're saying about us, and we dream things up in our imagination. We invent a whole story. That's only truth for us, but we believe it. I mean, oh, my goodness. How many conversations have you had with people before you've had the conversation with them? And I would say. (laughs) That is so true. Oh, and I would say, I know what they're going to (laughs) say. I know what this is going to be about. I know what they're mad about. I know, I know, I know. And I was 95% wrong.
0: Or you don't even talk to them because you already know how it's going to end. So what's the point? I already know how this is going to end. I had a very exact, um, situations happen with me this week with a couple of friendship relationships and it was, I was so uncomfortable and I wouldn't say terrified, but I sure as hell didn't want to do it because I, I, in my mind knew how it was going to end up. That was going to be the result. And happily, I was surprised that I was wrong.
1: Well, and don't you feel like a lot of people make assumptions before they come into the rooms or Mm -hmm. they get into the rooms and they have their first meeting and they have all these assumptions and... The assumptions keep them away. They don't.
0: Even friends of mine that I've been friends with for, you know, 20 plus years from college or even before then that now know I'm in recovery. The assumptions that they have about the program because they haven't had firsthand experience blows my mind. I'm like, are you seriously still back in that time thinking that that's what it's like? You know, it's so much more evolved than just we show up here so we don't drink. Well, and, I and used to have
2: those assumptions. I
0: did, too. It's like, why do you keep going? Once you stop drinking, why do you need to keep going?
2: Because you want to. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what we were talking about this morning in our meeting was, thank gosh, thank gosh, um, <laughs> was that we want to keep coming back because we're reminded because our, every time I come back, I'm reminded, oh, yeah, I don't have to think like this. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can. be. I can be balanced. And I think that's really the key here is to be balanced. And when we're thinking we know everything, there is zero balance there. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are only consumed with self-will right. run riot.
0: So how do we deal with people that are doing that in our lives, that are assuming things about us that we have to have, a rela- like a work relationship, for instance, to think they know everything? Drop kick them. I wish. Just kidding. <laughs> with your cowboy boots. Yeah. <laughs> with those real pointy-toed ones. Yeah. And, and when she, what sparked that thought for me was when she said, they think, I think I know everything, you know, we all work with or have some kind of interaction with people that already know the answers to everything before you even utter it. So how do we, how do we navigate that business? And I'm asking because I do encounter that and I always feel like I struggle and stumble. Um, First I usually get defensive and then I get frustrated and then I either, of two things, I either act the same way they are, you know, knowing how this is going to end up so I get ugly and I can be really testy. And that all comes from, like, my defensiveness. So how can I approach that the next time?
2: Pause first. Pause. It's always a that dang always pause. pause. I mean, that has saved my ass in so many situations,
0: mm-hmm.
1: especially in emails or texts.
0: Yeah. Don't react. Um, respond.
1: Well, Lynn, I feel like I have the opposite problem. I make assumptions about others, but I really don't worry about the what the like the assumptions people are making about me anymore. Mm-hmm. like I don't even think about what people at work are thinking of me, and, but sometimes I do think, oh yeah, so and so's always got to have the answer, oh yeah, you know we're, we'll be sitting with in the a eye roll. And, <laughs> I'm like, oh, of course, you know so and so is going walk us through this because they know everything, or oh yeah, they volunteered for that because they have to have the glory of being the leader in this moment, you know? So I, I'm more guilty of, I guess, judging or making, but it doesn't, I don't know if it's growth or what it is, but I just, I've kind of let some of that work stuff go. And I even, I mean, now I just, I I actually just agree with people a lot at work. Mm -hmm. Like if they give me a suggestion or something, I just say, Oh yeah, yeah, I'm going to work on that. Cause my initial Thought is to get defensive, but mm-hmm. then I think to myself, that's just going to come across as super um, like immature and mm-hmm. hostile. And so, you know, my boss says, Why don't we work on getting more upsells this week? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, you know, I think I am going to work on that. You know, I don't want to say it's like, um,
3: patronizing.
1: No, it's not. Yeah, it's not meant to be that, but it's it's like what am I going to give her all these excuses why I'm not going to do my job? Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I don't know. That was and kind on of like the other side point. of that as the
2: boss. You have to come up with ways to motivate your <laughs> uh-huh. team. Yeah. That's your job. So when people are telling you those things, sometimes they have nothing to
1: do with what you're doing or what you're not doing. They just need to tell the whole group They've and do their it. job. Okay, so I have one colleague, though, who's always uh, like assuming she's going to get fired. Like She is in constant paranoia <laughs> that she's going to lose her job. Like She makes the assumption that one day she's got low dial, she's going to lose her job. She had a day with low sales, she's going to lose her job. Um, and it's like, I think watching that has made me <laughs> stop assuming so much because I see just the crazy she's mm-hmm. living in. And I'm like, I didn't get sober to live like that, you know? So I think that helps also ground me is to see someone else working Not themselves sure. up in all those assumptions. Let the Derving Whirlish, wh- what? <laughs> <laughs> Whirling Dervish. Whirling Dervish. <laughs>
0: that was a really we good, good.
1: <laughs> sorry that was like uh, a little bit of a tangent and I don't know how to answer your original question no I think you did though I mean the pause is all
0: it's all the pause is always the answer well and
1: to know it's not going to get you anywhere exactly. it really just isn't so you go in toe-to-toe with the, the other person who knows everything and is telling you what to do it's mm-hmm. like right let them tell you what to do at the I'll, end of the yeah. day you get I'll to choose that. if you're going to do yeah. it or not you I'll know take
0: that into consideration thank you
2: it's what i say to my boss
0: except the here's
1: the here's the
2: here's the stretching point for mm. us is to actually take that and to sift it out and mm. see what's true and what isn't true and how we can come to the table in that situation. And
0: do it by not taking it personally. Yeah. See how this all ties together? It all
2: ties together, and um, it's really difficult.
0: And when he was talking about not making assumptions, he was saying if you're impeccable with your word, which means clear communication. And and I like how all of the assumption thing came down to communication. If we let go of the fear of being our authentic self, speaking our truth, then you're you're not going to make an assumption because you have a clear communication with somebody. If you say... Um, my boss asked me to do this. Thank you for that. I had planned to, but this reinforced how important it is to you. I like that. Yeah.
1: Most
2: of the time, starting with thank you, mm-hmm. thank you is a good way to buffer yourself. Yeah, always. Because actually no one is, I said this a couple of weeks ago, no one is coming in to ruin your day. No. Nobody is. They're trying to do their job. They're trying to help you do your job or in life. I mean, the only exception is teenagers. I think they do. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think they do either. No, they can't get out of their head long enough. yeah. You
0: don't even matter enough for them to want to ruin your life. It's all about them.
2: (laughs) And it's just that this whole business of making things up in our head holds us back from speaking speaking how we feel. And, I mean, it pushed me down my whole until I got into the program. And I think one of the best things that has happened to you where you don't care what other people think of you. And when they gave me that gift, when I did come into the rooms and said, it's none of your business what they think of you and it's none of your business, what you think of them. When they took that off the table, gosh, I was so free. It was freedom,
0: complete freedom. Yeah. And being impeccable with your word, you know, saying what you mean and mean what you say. Don't take it personally. And then, then you're, you're not going to have any assumptions. Wow, it's so simple.
2: Huh, been wasting it's all this time. It's simple but time. not easy. And I was, you know, I I write notes in my books, and um, after one of the assumptions, I wrote, I wrote exactly that. I wrote, um, this is, it says, this is very true, yet so very difficult to remember in the midst of all these words, like these words that we live mm-hmm. in, and these words that we live by, and when people are talking to us, and how do we respond? And that's why it's practice. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, The practice thing, you know, I I love using the metaphor of a wagon wheel rut, and he uses a river, which I really like. So it's like a stream trickling down and a rock is in its way. Well, that water doesn't try to knock the rock over. It goes around it. So if you're leading your path and you're trying to do the right thing, you're going to find, I call it path of least resistance. You're going to find a new way. And if you keep practicing that new way, suddenly that becomes your new habit. Your habit of what we've always been ingrained into us entrenched in is believing the worst about ourselves, not believing when people tell us we're good, all that kind of stuff. Eventually, our new neuropath is going to tell us our go-to is, thank you for that compliment thank, and, and believing it and owning it. And you do that without ego. So again, you know, I kind of always struggle with that because I think that if I am thinking, oh yeah, that was pretty good, then I'm, I'm being an egomaniac.
2: Well, is it the truth? The truth doesn't lie. Yeah. The truth doesn't have to defend itself. The truth is just
1: the truth. Well, and going back, Lynn, to mm-hmm. practice and action, because it does mention that in the chapter about this is all I think he even says something like this is all really good information, but mm-hmm. it's it's not important unless you actually put it into yeah, action. Unless you action. Um and then but it's kind of what you were saying, Chelsea, with as children. These are beliefs that get ingrained. And then it's like, these are this, that's the safe zone, right? All Mm -hmm. of these agreements and beliefs is the safe zone. So having to practice something different is uncomfortable and it's scary. Mm -hmm. And I like the tool of, you know, maybe doing like, uh, it's kind of like our soul sparkle board. It's like having an intent, like picking mm-hmm. one belief and then working on that daily for like a month. Like one assumption that you know about your life that you feel has maybe held you back or someone else yes. has pointed out out to you. And making, you know, the worksheets, whatever, reminder on your phone daily to think about it consciously like three times throughout the day. Because um, if you really want it, for me, I know in order to really change, I have to remind myself daily of what I'm trying to do differently.
0: I love that, Bree. Thank you. Um, uh, There's just so much good stuff in the book. The other thing I wanted to read is that a white magician, which is a person that is not taking anything personally, using their word impeccably, and not making assumptions, that white magician uses the word for creation, giving, sharing, and loving.
2: (laughs) I'm just waiting. That's it. Oh, okay
0: giving, sharing, and loving.
2: Well, it's a very beautiful thing.
0: So I think um, are we about ready to wrap it up? My friends.
2: I like this 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 last line that I it says when we recover all the energy that we've invested in making assumptions, we can use that energy to create a new dream. Our personal heaven. Don't make assumptions. Yeah. So we can create our personal heaven. Our personal heaven. Because Why put ourselves through all the pain that we do? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really very self-inflicted. Oh, yeah.
0: And selfish. Because we're assuming everything's about us.
2: And everybody else is assuming everything. I mean, it's just a cluster. No wonder we all fight. It is a cluster. And
0: and he said, conversely, is that none of us would fight if we would just communicate. (laughs) Don't take things personally and be impeccable with your word.
1: Okay, but then wrench thrown in, then where do we grow? You know, then it goes back to like, okay, if everything is perfect and we're all, you know, we've all got these four agreements down, how are we evolving ever? You know, Mm -hmm. we're already at the, what we're then, I guess then we're all in heaven. Well, that's
0: end game sister. Yeah, end
1: game. (laughs) That's true.
0: Um, I have a couple of uh, golden nuggets. Chelsea, um, thank you so much for that input. I really loved what you were saying. And when you, it was about the belief systems Mm. as a child. Why would that belief system not evolve just like we try to evolve with everything else? So you use these tools to put any thoughts that you have on trial so you can really examine it. You know, Get a microscope out and pick through that business. And then um, pick an assumption that's not true and work on it. Bree, I thought that was really... That's an action. And I love that. That is is a direct action. It's like, okay, I'm going to take one thing that I struggle with and I know is probably not true and I'm going to figure out why it's not. And then remove it And replace it with something good.
1: Awesome. Mine was also what Chelsea said about putting our beliefs on trial Mm -hmm. and that we don't have to continue on with those same beliefs, but we do because they're so deeply entrenched in us from childhood. Yeah. And now we do get to, we should expect and allow our belief system to grow and change as we grow and change. So yeah, I appreciated that input a ton. Yes. Yes and mine was just to be reminded to pause
0: mhm
2: because i just go too fast for my own good and if i'm not pausing i am assuming right
0: and you know what assuming means
1: makes something up makes an ass out of
2: you and me i, know.
1: <laughs> I knew someone was going to say it i didn't know how we got all the way to the end of the podcast <laughs> before someone, someone said it, it. Yeah. and literally
0: it just popped in my mind when she uh, was
1: <laughs> i've been thinking of it i've been thinking about the ass all <laughs> 40 minutes. We're donkeys. We
0: are donkeys. All right, friends. We hope you have a beautiful, non-assuming week. (laughs) Tribe out. Tribe out.
1: Tribe out. Thanks for listening to another episode of Telling on Ourselves. Please rate, review, share, subscribe, download our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you want more Telling on Ourselves, please find us and follow us and like us on Instagram and Facebook at Telling on Ourselves. Tribe out.